0: This is Ashley Hodge with the Sycam 365 podcast joined by Kendall Kalp. We call this like yeah, we've called it wingspan Wednesday. We've called it ring before spring. We got any creative names for the podcast this year, Kendall?
1: I think let's keep the I think let's keep that name Ring by Spring. Yeah, I like that. I
0: like that. And and it applies to this team. I mean, this team has a legitimate shot to win a national championship. I know everybody's fretting about the defense, but uh I mean, you know, you, you have a game against a terrible opponent but you only let up 40 points. Last time I checked, I don't think Houston has Houston kept a team under forty this year. The, the great Vonda you know, defense. I don't know. I've, i have gonna look played, at it.
1: You know, one competent team, and it looks like Houston held Louisiana Monroe to thirty-one. So they got. Oh,
0: okay. 14. There you go. Well, they they won updates on that. Yeah, they got a forty-four and a forty-nine. Yeah, I don't know. It's I I, I it is a it is a step in the right direction. Um, I mean, that was the worst team we played this year. And Mississippi Valley State, maybe even worse than that. I know you're big fans of those games, but but we do have three really big non-conference games coming up, Kendall. Starting with Seton Hall. I think that's a sneaky good team. I mean, they've they've taken a couple losses, but it's senior-laden. They they start five seniors, and they have a guy coming off the bench that plays a lot. I think he's a sophomore. Big guards, like six six, six seven point guard. You got Shaheen Holloway, the uh, you know the, the 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 golden boy of the tournament when when he beat Calipari um, in Kentucky a couple uh, was it last year? Two years ago? Uh, two years. Two yeah. years ago, yeah. Because Shaheen was his first year at Seton Hall was last year. So I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, have, have you had a chance to watch Seton Hall at all, or do any research on that at all?
1: Not a ton of watching of Seton Hall, uh, Ashley. I mean, this is certainly a game that Baylor should win. Uh, USC's athletic and, but they're the classic Andy infield team. I've watched USC a lot Yep. who beat them by eight and USC is kind of the classic bad version of Baylor. Uh, USC every year kind of reminds me of Baylor 2012. If Scott drew and the staff had gotten hit in the head before coaching the game, um, where they've got really good athletes, they're very talented, but you just always feel like they're leaving a little bit on the table when you kind of watch them take the floor. And so that doesn't bode well for me if I'm a pirates fan, great mascot though. And then also hard for me to imagine having watched Iowa play basketball anytime in the last 15 years, that if you can't handle USC's athleticism, which is poor man's Baylor, especially without Bronny James out there. And then if Iowa beats you by 13, I really just can't imagine Baylor would not beat the pirates, but I don't know. Do you think Ashley, this could be a little bit more of a contest or put a little bit more of a scare in the bears than I do?
0: Well, I I'm always a little bit nervous about these types of games and one of, the, one of the things that makes me nervous is that they've had a lot of time to prepare. So so they played Northeastern on Wednesday, uh, the 29th, November 29th, and so they've had a full week to prepare for this game. And so so I think that's a factor. You know, the Iowa game, it was a back-to-back, you know, next next game. They're, they don't have a lot of depth. They only really play six guys, significant minutes. So I can see how that second game – in a row, you know, is going to be a, a lower performance for them. Um, I did watch the uh, Matthew loves basketball version of the USC game. I did not watch the Iowa game yet, but but I I mean I, I see some potential problems there. I mean I think you know what Seton Hall does really well is uh, you know they they pound uh, the offensive glass pretty pretty hard. You know they got those bigger guards. Um. You know, I mean, they're, they're just – they're they're good in every other area. They're not really – there's no, like, huge weaknesses for them. I mean, they – you know, they, their stat line across the board is all kind of top 100 in, in the major categories. So, I think it's a team that you're going to have to play well to beat. I think you can't be on your C game and beat them. You know, I think Baylor's going to have to play their B or A game, you know, kind of like they did against Auburn and Florida to get, to get this win
1: it's possible actually and you know looking at their profile they really don't take a lot of threes uh 231 nationally in 3 point percentage 311 in 3 point attempt rates uh point guard has only attempted 11 threes on the year and he has hit just a single one uh Baylor's three point defensive metrics look okay right now um but against a really good team what auburn did earlier in the season what florida was able to do at times in that game that's maybe my concern of a team that plays baylor what could give them a little bit of fits defensively and i don't think that the pirates are well versed to do that
0: yeah, I, I, you bring up a great point, and and I think and I do think that last year's team would be a bigger concern because of their ability to hit the offensive glass and you know bigger guards. I mean, we we struggled with that last year. They're they're a really good rebounding team, and so you know we're gonna have to really focus and, and box out. Uh, I love the fact that the last game we I think got eighty five percent of our defensive rebounds I mean it, it was a good number and and our defensive rebounding stats you know really shot up and I think we're sixth in offensive rebounding percentage so I mean they're, they're, there's a lot that's going to challenge them and uh, certainly being at home you would hope that this is going to be a sellout or close to it uh, I have my doubts you know Tuesday night game and uh, you know a lot of students are I know I have a son at Baylor it's a mechanical engineering major and and you know he's got Test and, and, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it to the game, and he's a diehard. So, you know, I think, I think that, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge to probably get that place sold out. I, you know, at Foster, we probably will never have this problem again, but, uh, we certainly still have this problem at Farrell, and it would be nice to send the team off, uh, with, with a packed gym. And, you know, I th- it may look packed. I, I, I'm, I'm fretting about the attendance too much. I'm sounding like Colt now, but, uh, I do, I do, I do wish for the team that we could, um, you know, get get a uh, really good crowd, you know, for this last legitimate game at Feral Center.
1: It'd be nice too, and I think if you're considering whether to go to Mississippi Valley State for the final send off or Seton Hall, (laughs) you've seen the Feral Center before. Uh, you know, it it had its good times with Reagan, Bush, Obama, other Bush. Uh, but the Feral Center doesn't need you on December twenty second. Right. I'm I'm just going to tell everybody as Baylor continues anytime. a Power 5 school scheduled to sub-300 Ken Palm team. You feel no guilt for not going to the game, not right. watching the game. Simulate the game, whatever you want to do. But you should, if you're looking at a game to go to, the Pirates game would be a good one if you're a Texan.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and then and then after that, Michigan State and Duke. So so this is the three-game gauntlet that we were looking forward to at the beginning of the season. Uh, last time I checked, Kendall, you can't get any better than 8-0. So the Bears have done everything necessary to set themselves up for some some really exciting moments uh, before they hit the Foster Pavilion and, and a really challenging um, conference slate. Man, this conference looks even better than we thought it would before the season. W- would you agree with that?
1: I agree for sure. I think, you know, West Virginia, you kind of wonder if they're real in K-State as well. But the top of the conference with how good BYU appears to be, both analytically, the games they've won, even if you want to poo-poo Houston, it, I think we're probably arguing, are they the ninth best team in America instead of the best team in America? So that top of the conference with Baylor, KU, Houston, BYU, put them in any order you want. I think that top four is very elite and probably the best top four the Big 12's ever had.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And and uh, we don't get Houston twice, so that's nice. We get them at home only. But we do have to play BYU twice. And, of course, we have to play Kansas twice. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's challenging. Uh, t- play Texas twice. You know, you kind of these are the years you wish you were playing West Virginia twice and and uh, (laughs) Oklahoma State twice, but we only get them once each. So, you know, it's 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 going to be a challenging slate. And Cincinnati looks, you know, better than expected. I mean, that's that's going to be a challenge uh, to get them. I I think we just have them at home. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule now. We do have them at home only. Uh, TC we get, we played twice so so it, it's going to be a gauntlet um it you know there's there's it's certainly going to be an ulcer factory for the coaches but uh, really fun for the fans
1: I agree and then I can't is Texas ranked number twelve in the AP poll
0: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> I I honestly cannot figure that out if you watch Texas the I, they failed the eye test they fill the analytics test and their best win is against Louisville by a point where uh, Max Abis was lucky to hit a really bad jump shot in the game and then beyond that their best win is against uh, the fighting Lyndon Johnsons of Texas State. So I I don't have any idea how this team could be ranked 12th in the country. But, you know, I guess bad rankings in the college football playoff have also benefited Texas <laughs> in basketball, too. But just an absolute abomination. If you have a media vote and you voted Texas number 12, you should stop voting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch what happens at Marquette. I mean, you know, you know, Shaka, um Scott Drew completely dominated that series against him when he was at Texas. I think it was like, you know, eleven and two, or maybe maybe nine and two, ten and two. I think
1: it was maybe even it was. I think it was greater than eleven. Actually, it might have been like thirteen and. Well, two. it was thirteen
0: and thirteen of the last fifteen, but but Chris oh, okay. Beer, Chris Beard took ownership of some of those. Um, yeah, so I think it was more. Shaka won the first one, and then I don't believe he. Oh, he won another one. He won one in Texas. So he's only got two wins against Baylor. Uh, but I think he had like eight eight losses, nine losses, ten losses, something around there. But but he certainly got his revenge last year when Marquette played Baylor. They blew Baylor out of the gym. And I'm kind of expecting that result against Texas on Wednesday. You know, I, I, I don't think – I think that spread is going to be under ten. And, and I think Marquette's going to really take it to him.
1: Yeah, I would guess Marquette like seven and a half or so, and I think Marquette's gonna win by double digits.
0: Right. Yeah. Have you, have, like uh, I, I had Hambone on the uh, post game podcast recently. Um, he's 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 a big BYU guy. He's a West Coast guy, so he, he can stay up late and watch those guys. Yeah. Uh, but I think his I think his exact quote was, "They're scary, scary good." Have you seen Have you seen them play?
1: I've watched a little bit of BYU. They're yeah. obviously a pretty big team. So I know you love the wingspan Ashley. Um, they do a lot. that's really good on both sides of the ball, but, uh, I mean, we want to get mad at Houston for who they schedule the San Diego state wins great analytically dominating people's awesome, but uh, let me see you play a top 25 team and really deal with great athleticism, you know, call it the Baylor Gonzaga effect, but I got to see it right. Uh, against a, the best teams to say that's a legitimate national title contender, but so I'm sorry, hand bone for saying that, but, uh, I'm not ready to declare BYU can win the national title yet. And I'm not sure if Hamby can't would too, but you know, maybe he would.
0: And just because they're uh big doesn't mean they have wingspan. Um, I, I know this is a, a little bit of a stereotype, but, uh, you know, so, some of those, um, seven footers of, of a certain skin color
1: <laughs> have T-Rex <laughs> arms.
0: <laughs> and I, well, I, I know that, you know, it, it is funny because, you know, I, I, whenever I see the wingspans come out, you know, and I and I see, like, uh, you know, Zach Love Day, seven foot, you know, seven foot wingspan. <laughs> A lot of those guys are even. I think I think Matt Meyer was even an was an even guy too, six nine, six nine wingspan, something like that. So, uh, yeah, we we don't we don't need to assume they have long wingspans, but it's it's possible.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm very uh very down for not recruiting um that type of athlete too often, um, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: All right. I got a funny story. Story time. Uh, Jake Lindsay told me this. I was reminded of this when uh, I was at the Nickel State game. So there was a couple possessions where they isolated Caleb Lohner, um, you know, on on like a one on one. And I just heard from the bench and from the parents uh, of players like do him, take him, take him, take him. Like immediately, like, you know, that's like, okay, let's scrap the offense. It's just like, take him to the hole, you know, that's like the <laughs> offense. And so they did. And I, and I think maybe they were only maybe four times they did that and, and only got like one bucket, you know, Kayla's a pretty good defender and, and very athletic. I mean, you know, that's it's uh you know, so Jake Lindsay was telling me the story and he was, you know, he loves King McClure. They're like brothers. So he was, he was joking with King about this, but he said man at the end of games like uh player you know the team would always isolate me and i kept saying man i'm a better defender than king why aren't they isol- isolating king and he goes i think we all know the reason why <laughs> they were doing that but <laughs> but they would like take him one on one you know and like you know try to get like a, a bucket at the end of the half or the end of the game and, and jake was jake was good and you know jake would you know really use his length well and and you know would often like get a stop in those situations so uh yeah, sometimes we don't need to be slaves to our stereotypes. Is my my point?
1: <laughs> no, that's a great story, and yeah, Jake Lindsey, friend of the pod, friend of the site, friend of Baylor.
0: <laughs> He's a legend, man. Great, great guy. I'd really enjoyed getting to know him uh, over the years. Uh, so, what what if, what has exceeded your expectations with Baylor so far? Like, I I I would say, for me, um, you know, I think that. Um, I, I expected Ray J to be who he was. Jalen Bridges is way more – I mean, he's an efficient player, but he's taking it to another level, man. He's like he's like playing on just such a – like a. he just looks like a pro out there, you know, how efficient he is on both sides of the ball. And then I would just say that, you know, the thing that's really surprised me is the burst that Jaden Nunn has and his toughness finishing at the rim. I think that's a big weapon for, for when we play – better teams and you know there's gonna be teams where it's just gonna be hard for Ray J and maybe Langston Love to turn the corner on guys but I think that Jaden has that burst that 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 might really will be able to create for his teammates what do you say
1: Jaden's got really elite speed Ashley and I do think he'll be able to get to the hole Baylor's had him run the offense quite a few times even with Ray JN so I think that will continue for the Bears when I look at what's impressed me the most about Baylor I think it's the three-point shooting Baylor currently number one in the nation in three-point percentage. This was a real concern for the Bears entering the season. Uh, How well Jalen shot after he had those horrible struggles to open last season. Already hit 15 threes on the year, shooting at a 50% clip. Opened last season, I think he only hit like nine threes in November and December. So to have already done that, it was still three marquee games where I'd expect him to hit at least five more threes. Really shows his improvement. I think Bridges, for the first month and a half, or at least month of the season, has been Baylor's best player. So I've been very impressed by him. Maybe somebody who's gone a little under the radar for at least some, I, I don't know what's over under the radar since Baylor football has swallowed up so much coverage for so many people, despite, <laughs> you know, swallowing up wins at every opportunity too is that Langston love. I think has been awesome.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: And he, you know, I don't know how effectively as well. Well, Langston into the cup all the time, maybe not in big 12 play, but his ability to run off of screens and then he's just a tough dude. Um, like I could see Baylor getting down by four or five in a game that Langston gives somebody a hard foul, or I could see him getting after some guys a little bit. So I really like the role that Langston plays on this team. And I think with the injuries he's had the last couple of years, it's been hard for him, but he's a super valuable portion of this offense. I think there'll be a game this year where Baylor will win a big 12 contest and he'll go like seven of 12 from three. So he's been the guy that's most impressed me relative to the expectations I had for him entering the year.
0: Yeah, he, he's very Jared Butler like in his ability. When he goes right, like you know he's going right, and you can't stop it. He's so good at going right and hitting shots, either off the quick pull, or he's got just a great touch off the bank. You know the bank shot, or he can get all the way to the rim, or he gets fouled. Like he's 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 really good at that. And I thought he was going to be, you know, King McClure used to you know drive it in there and and would try to overpower you know, other guards and, and, you know, King would end up charging, you know, quite a bit. And uh, I think Langston, maybe it's the new rules, you know, Langston does a pretty good job of not, not charging. I thought, I thought that would be a weakness for him. I thought he would, you know, get, get more charges like, or, you know, he would initiate more charges, um, you know, with his just, you know, wanting to just bully guys down low, but uh, he's, he's, he's been good at at doing that without, without, uh, you know, getting the offensive foul, um, the, the other thing, two things I want to point out, well, three, three things, really Miro little love his energy. Love it. Like, like if you watch him when he comes into a game, I was texting with uh, John Jacobs and I said, man, he's like a, a golden doodle, man. He's just like, you know, we both have golden doodles, uh, coach Jacobs and I, and they just like jump 200 times a day. You know, it's like, you know, and that's, and, and that's Miro Miro's just like, he's in the game and he's bouncing up and down. Like he's on the bench, he's bouncing up and down. Like his energy is, is incredible. I love it. You know, he's just, it's contagious. Uh, then, then the other thing I wanted to say is Josh, you know, Josh is a, a really good perimeter defender on those screens. Like he, it's rare when a guard gets by him. Uh, he does a really good job. I think of guarding the perimeter. And then, and then my final comment was, um, I think there's going to be a game where Jonathan Chachua hits at least three threes. And, and we, we end up winning a game because of him. I, his three against Florida was very critical. Uh, but his stroke looks so good like you know i i know he's lost you know a, a step athleticism wise but i would love to see a game where he gets in there and they run that high ball screen and and you know teams are just like uh paying you know all attention you know they're used to you know josh or eve who who's are not threats to shoot from 3 and then they just you know figure oh John, jonathan's going to be the same way and they forget the scouting report and before you know it he's he's at three three-point daggers on them
1: Absolutely. And I thought it was uh, I mentioned this in my write up on the site, but I was really unimpressed with Florida's coach saying, oh, their third string big came in and hit threes. I was like, you mean the only guy who played minutes on the national championship team and was Baylor starting three or starting uh, five last season until he got injured or starting, excuse me, two seasons ago was Baylor starting five. You're really confused that that guy could hit threes. I thought that was really bad scouting by Florida did not speak well to their program, but I agree. His shot's still great be able to practice that through his injury. So I would expect John to have a big game in big 12 play as well.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that was a, that guy's pretty cocky, man. I, and, 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 you know, for someone who's like got this reputation for being like a basketball genius, I mean, that's, a, that's not a level of attention to detail. I mean, I could never imagine in a million years, Scott Drew saying that, like you watch the uh presser for Seton hall today and, and Scott's like rattling off, you know, every, Every starter's strengths and weaknesses, you know, for Seton Hall. I mean, he's got he's got those guys, you know, pegged, and and I'm sure I'm sure he's you know probably got their next four or five guys off the bench, you know, uh, well scouted as well. So it, that that was kind of a surprising comment. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, very unimpressive for them, but you know, it's you can forget sometimes watching Baylor basketball. Um, you know, maybe other sports would remind you, but watching Baylor basketball, it's a very very well coached team.
0: What did you think about um, when Shaheen Holloway got asked about Tweety Carter and he said he wasn't half the point guard I was in college? What did you think about that comment?
1: You know, I thought the only crazier comment was when John Shire said, uh, if anything, it should have been a flagrant foul on Quincy AC <laughs> when he went to the hoop against Zubek. <laughs> and when Tom Izzo said that uh, Michigan State easily would have won the battle for Atlantis if the officiating had been fair. So a lot of you know shots taken by. Coaches, is about to take on Ashley
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're joking for anybody that's uh, confused by this yeah no I I think uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see what Shaheen's um uh bench deme- demeanor was I, I was I'm in a group text with Matt Mosley <laughs> he had a funny joke about uh he said something about um you know like uh when, when Calipari gets to heaven it, it, you know it's going to be you know, it's going to, it's going to be like the second time, you know, he's, he's nervous to say St. Peter or something something like that. I <laughs> thought that was pretty clever. I, I butchered it in the uh, retelling, but, uh, it was funny, uh, in my mind. Uh, so, uh, anything else, uh, exciting going on Kendall? Like what's, uh, are you, are you going to be at any of these games? I, I don't think you're going to be in Michigan or New York, right?
1: I don't think so for those. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I will be at the Big 12 sites that are close, and I will definitely get down. I, I go to all the Baylor-KU games, so I will be down in Waco yeah, um, on March 2nd for Baylor-KU, assuredly. And then we'll probably stay there through Monday to see Baylor-Texas and the last time Baylor and Texas could ever play basketball again since I don't think Texas – well, I mean, I could see a, a 1-8 or a 1-9 game in the NCAA tournament for Baylor-Texas, so I'm not going to – We, we
0: I, think, gonna, I think we know who the one's going to be in that situation, but
1: uh, – uh, I would feel pretty confident, but I could easily see you know, um, Baylor-Texas in a round of 32, right? or if Baylor has a down year in a 2-7 game, or a 3-6 game. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <All> <laughs> but I'm right, like,
1: so... you know, Baylor-OU I don't think is ever going to happen again, Are unless you... something goofy occurs. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think Baylor Texas will meet someday in the NCAA tournament while yeah. we're all still alive.
0: <laughs> you know, he's pretty decent this year. I'm glad. I'm glad we get him in Waco. Uh, so, so um, Oklahoma State—that's a road game, and uh, that's pretty close to you. Is, uh, that, is that a game that you'll probably be at?
1: It's very possible. I mean, you know, they always say it's risky to answer the question. Where were you on <laughs> January sixth? But (laughs) I do intend on January 6th to be uh, in Stillwater to see that one. So I think. uh, And of
0: course, Manhattan's pretty close, right? That's I mean, that that's probably one that's reasonable for you. But it's a Tuesday night. Yeah.
1: Yep. And seeing Jerome Tang call out his student section, um, I got to be there for that. He's always a good quote. So, yeah, I'll I'll definitely be in in (laughs) Manhattan.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then we then we got a uh, Saturday, February tenth match against Kansas. You know that uh, that's that's in your backyard, so that's probably going to be one you're going to be at. And then, uh, man, I think, man, I gotta I gotta make plans because I I I'm I'm planning. I think on being that at that West Virginia game on the road. I got family in that that area, but then I've been invited. I have a client that's like said, hey, you take care of me in Waco for BYU, which which I immediately regretted making that promise but uh but he says I'll, I'll i'll return the favor and he's got really good seats in in provost so I, I man i would love to go see that game because both those games are going to be big games i mean at least on paper we'll see BYU may you know may hit some challenges in big 12 play but but they look they looked the apart so far that's uh, fun schedule i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds um i don't think i don't think we're going to go undefeated i mean i think i think we'll get one maybe two losses what what do you say
1: Looking at Big Twelve schedule, how many L's do I take?
0: Well, period over the whole season, including including the NCAA championship game. I'm saying <laughs> I say we lose one or two. We won't lose that one, but we'll lose maybe one or two before then.
1: I think Baylor will go fourteen and four in Big Twelve. Or, yeah, I think they'll go fourteen and four. Man,
0: you're way which ahead I think of will be Pom. good
1: enough for at least. Yep, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, at least going to be a share of the league at that mark.
0: Ooh. Who? Uh, who do they share it with? Are Are you a believer I'll say in Kansas? Baylor, or Houston. Yep,
1: I say Baylor K. U share it again.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean I think it's gonna be a real step up for Houston having to play games like this. And yeah. Kelvin Sampson I think is a great coach, but I think it's gonna wear on him and it's gonna wear on some of his guys maybe haven't been coached that way. I'm not, to be coached that way I'm after not, a full season.
0: I'm not seeing what all these advanced stats uh sites are seeing with them. I don't I don't think they're I mean, they like, you know, Ken Palm has them like not only number one, but like number one by a significant margin and I mean, I'm watching those games that, you know, are coming down to the wire. I thought I thought Xavier should have beaten them. Xavier played incredibly stupid down the stretch and uh, really, you know, squandered that game. Uh, you know, credit to Houston. They made the plays, and, and LJ played well down the stretch, which is something he didn't always do at Baylor. You know, he I mean, that was the rap on him. Is he was a first-half player, or when the game was on the line, he kind of deferred to other guys. But, again, you know, for Houston, he's, he's making plays. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I think um you know, I mean, we know what happens at Allen Fieldhouse. We saw it against Connecticut. I mean, fouls that aren't fouls. You know, it, it look, you know, you look the other way. Like guys are getting hit, hit, hit you know knocked down like bowling pins and and you know, they swallow the whistles and um you know, so so you can pretty much chalk up what is it? Uh 8 and 1. Uh, how many games we play 16 18 I can't remember 18 18 right yeah we play 18 so yeah, i mean you can pretty much uh chalk up uh, eight and one at home for them or maybe nine and0 right so i mean that's that's always that always gives them a great advantage because uh you know they're probably gonna go 500 on the road so so you get to 14 and four pretty easily you're hoping that Baylor does the same and foster that that's enough of a jolt for a home court advantage that that we can you know win all our home games.
1: Yeah, I think the key for Baylor is you got to at least split with Kansas because you don't want them picking up two games on you Yep, going 2-0 against you. And I don't know. I'm open to the hot take with Houston, kind of the same way Wisconsin would break Ken Palm in the past and even said, well, my normal stuff I had to adjust it with them because they just always were ranked so highly and then wouldn't quite achieve to what they were supposed to achieve until they got Frank Kaminsky. I think Kelvin Sampson's a great coach, but I kind of wonder if there is something to Houston where it's like they are an incredible team if you're worse than them and they don't let up because of how they play when they're just pounding you. Right. But 21 Baylor, he even said they were just better than us. We couldn't do anything right last year. Miami obliterates them in the NCAA tournament. They lose to Alabama earlier in the year. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm doubting Houston a little bit. Doubting Houston is saying, I think they're more like the eighth best team in the country than the runaway number one team.
0: Yeah. All right. So, so let's look at the uh, upcoming slate uh, for, for these teams. So, you know, Baylor's got Seton Hall. You're, you're predicting a Baylor win. You know that in that one, correct?
1: Yeah, I think Baylor wins by double digits.
0: Okay. What about Iowa State, Iowa on Thursday? What, what's your What's your thoughts on that? It's It's in Ames.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to doubt TJ Otzelberger right now, even though Iowa State hasn't, you know, wowed at times lately. I think Iowa State gets it done.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, I, I I'm I'm Iowa. Something's missing from them a little bit, so I agree with you. All right, we got the uh, the uh what do they call it the the um Crosstown shootout uh Xavier and Cincinnati on Saturday and that's at Xavier. What you think uh Cincinnati's magical season, you know, comes comes to comes to a close here? I mean, Cincinnati really hasn't played a a very good team yet. They they have Well, you know, I mean, take that back. I mean, hey, give them their props. They crushed Georgia Tech and and obviously Georgia Tech is is Got something to them. They 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 beat Mississippi State and then turn around and beat Duke. I mean that's that's impressive. After taking an L to UMass Lowell and then and then Cincinnati beats them eighty nine to fifty four at Cincinnati, and then, then they just turn around and beat Mississippi State and Duke. So uh, maybe there's something to uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats.
1: Uh, I think Cincinnati wins that one, Ashley. And yeah. we're, I think I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm already dreading that. It's difficult to keep up with fourteen teams, and keeping up with 16 yeah. next year is just going to be an absolute
0: menace, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And then, and then of course we have talked about Texas at Marquette already. Uh, TCU finally plays some somebody with a halfway decent pulse um, after escaping one hundred seventy six uh, Georgetown on a very controversial three at the buzzer. Did you did you hear the call of this um, when Emmanuel Miller hit the shot and the announcer said, "Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel"? Did you did you happen to see that?
1: I didn't see that. I saw he stepped out of bounds, but I didn't hear the call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he did step out of bounds, so they got Clemson. Uh, so that's going to be a, a tougher game for them. Uh, Clemson's actually favored in that game. Uh, so, wh- what do you say there? Do you, do you think uh, TCU? It's it's a neutral site game. Do you think TCU is going to win that, or do you think uh, they're they're kind of um, a paper tiger?
1: I think I need to see a little bit more from TCU. Uh, Jameer Nelson Jr. not shooting the best from three. Avery Anderson, I feel like I talked to him at Big Twelve Media Days five years ago, so I'm shocked he's still in college. But I, I do like the Fighting Tigers of Clemson.
0: Yeah, and then and Villanova. Villanova's uh, going to Kansas State. You know, Villanova looks incredibly good unless they're playing a um, crosstown rival, Philadelphia school. They are 0 and three. They they've lost a Penn, they've lost a Saint Joseph's, and they've lost a Drexel. But other than that, they've run the table on Maryland, Texas Tech, North Carolina, beat Memphis by 16 points. I mean, beat Maryland by 17 points. Uh, so, I, th- you know, I think they've got a pretty good team, you know, beat Texas Tech by uh, 16 points. Uh, so, I mean, do you, you, you think Villanova is going to walk into uh, Bramlage and, and get a win, or do you think Drum Tank pulls that out?
1: Uh, I think Villanova is going to win this game. Obviously, there is some concern with losing to Penn. And Drexel. Uh, but I'm just worried that K State's still not all there chemistry wise with the suspension of Naquan Tomlin earlier in the year. They looked really bad to open the season against USC. I think a transition year for the fighting Jerome Tangs.
0: Yeah, and he's not back yet, is
1: he? I just I don't I don't Naquan, I don't, I, I, don't th- I
0: don't think Tomlin's back. Yeah.
1: No, and I don't I just I'm not I'm really not seeing it with K State right now. They just I don't know. I don't I, I don't like this team for K State. I you know, I really respect Jerome Tang, uh, Austin Carpenter. Uh, I like a lot on the yeah. staff, but yeah. they just, ugh, man, they just, I don't think it's happening for K-State this year.
0: Tyler Perry's stats have been really good. Um, But I, I, I remember when he was in the portal and I was asking about him, and this was a non-Baylor person that said this, but I said, oh, man, do you think the Bears should go after Tyler Perry? And he said, oh, no, he's not Big 12 good enough i was like really and he's like oh yeah he's too short he's not he's not that quick um now you know against pretty decent competition so far this year he's he's put up some good numbers and uh you know look at looking at the uh, advanced stats uh played pretty well against usc didn't play as well against miami and in a game they lost um You know, but played well against Providence, you know, so, so we'll see, we'll see against the big 12 slate, but that just an interesting observation to kind of tuck away that uh, one very knowledgeable basketball mind thought that Tyler Perry was not athletic enough to play in the big 12, to play well in the big 12.
1: Yeah. Same concern with Max Amos at Texas. You got to be concerned if you're transferring up and you're a small guard, that's a big question.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Ray J Dennis. I mean, he's not like a, you know, crazy good athlete, but man, he, his upper body strength and his craftiness is really, really good. I mean, I, we've made the comparisons to Andre Miller. You know, he's got, he's got something to him just from a strength perspective that he can get things done in an unconventional way without having to blow by you that, you Absolutely. know, those, that the smaller guards can't do. Right.
1: Absolutely. And he, you know, still has a two three inch gap at least between him and, both Perry and Abus and you know Toledo he led offenses that were a lot more efficient than those other two and didn't play with quite the talent that either one of those guys played with especially Abus during the early date season so I think big gap there you know there was some concern about Ray J I've voiced some concerns about him at times this season too uh, but I think the turnovers he's gotten a hold of and I'm optimistic for how the rest of the season goes for him
0: man that game against uh, Florida he put on a show in the second half he was he was outstanding all right, last game I'm going to ask you about, and then we'll call it a, a night for the uh, podcast. West Virginia. I, I don't know when they get Car- Carissa, Carissa back. I think he's. I think it was nine games. Looking at their schedule, they played Virginia really tough. You know they've they've lost to Monmouth, which was a bad loss at home. Uh, just lost to St. John's in a pretty competitive game, but they've got Pittsburgh, so the backyard brawl. They got them at home uh, Wednesday. And, uh, you know, do you think West Virginia can get a win or do you think, uh, Jeff Capel and Pittsburgh going to take care of that one?
1: Uh, I think that West Virginia is going to lose pretty handily. Ooh. I think it's a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and I still would love to know what in the world is going on with this Bob Huggins lawsuit. <laughs> and until I hear about that, uh, I can't talk about West Virginia, um, because that's a weird thing.
0: Oh, is it, just... is it, is it still ongoing?
1: I don't know, because I never saw any story update about, right. did that get thrown away for summary judgment? Did he withdraw the lawsuit? Did Ver- West Virginia agree to give him an extra, you know, X amount of money? I don't know, and if there were any school besides Arkansas that I could see rehiring somebody, I, I still hold out hope that Huggy Bear might get one more year at West Virginia before it's all said and done.
0: Interesting. Yep. <laughs> that's man I, that that would be a hard a hard thing to swallow I, I I hear that uh there's still there's still some hope and some talk um and, and he's getting up there in age but you know John Beeline is a name to keep an eye on there
1: Oh to return to West Virginia yeah
0: he's 70 now I, I I think he would do it to try to set his son up
1: okay that's possible and again he's much too young to be a presidential candidate so why not?
0: We know how to pick them, don't we? Yeah. Uh, there, there was a fake tweet that was pretty funny. Um, I think Hartland put it out. Did you see the? Did you see the at uh, real Donald Trump uh, tweet about Florida State? That, oh yes. Yeah, something about taking a shot at sanctimonious. <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't feel bad for Florida State, but with with the uh, Ron Sancti- sanctimonious trying to. Um, uh, garner support for you there's it's no wonder they got left out of the playoff or something like that all, all a fake but pretty good humor pretty good stick there
1: yeah it's, no, a, it's a great joke
0: yeah it's a great time of year football you know we we see the uh you know the the, the crumbling of a sport we love with uh with the corruption that's that's going on with football and and and, uh, you know, hopefully we can return to simpler times, better times. But basketball, everything's good there, man. We, you know, Baylor's got a, a shot to win it all, and and they've got a great roster. You know, I, I think they're as good as anybody. They're, I mean, what what team out there that you look at right now would you say, ooh, that, that's going to be a tough matchup for Baylor?
1: I think KU will be, which is, you know, kind of a cop. I don't give another answer than that. But I'm still unsure. Hunter Dickinson's so crafty. Yeah, that'll be a challenge for either you know freshman Eve Missy or Josh who hasn't played a big that I think is anywhere near that skilled. So obviously KU will be a challenge wherever you kind of rank them in Big Twelve play. Then Oklahoma's looked a lot be- worlds better than I expected. Right. And so what happens when Baylor plays OU? And that's certainly a team you don't want to look past and think, oh, you know, we're competing with Houston and KU to win the league. You, you can't trip yourself up and lose a game to OU if you want to contend for the Big Twelve title.
0: Yeah, there's no question that I mean there are teams in the Big Twelve that can beat Baylor and, and Baylor will take its share of losses in the Big Twelve. It's just too brutal of a conference. Uh but I'm just thinking like down the road, teams that really can improve that look, you know, pretty like like they have all the characteristics of a national championship team right now. Uh for me, I mean, you know, I'm biased, but I but I think Baylor has that. I think Arizona has that. I think Connecticut has that. I mean there you know, Marquette maybe. You know, but Marquette, I mean, man, that Wisconsin game kind of made me a doubter a little bit. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, those are the teams right now that kind of look like they have all the pieces to me. Arizona uh, and Baylor, Connecticut, Arizona, they, they can win six games in a row. I, I don't see Houston doing that. I don't see Purdue doing it. You know, I don't. I, I mean, Gonzaga, no. I don't think Kansas can win six in a row this year. I mean, it's, you know, that's that's a tall task. I mean, Bill Self's obviously an incredible coach, but. I mean, you got you. You know, some things have to really fall right for you, and and those three right now, to me, uh, are the ones. I, if you if you said Baylor, Connecticut, Arizona, or the field, I think I would take Baylor, Connecticut, Arizona.
1: I think I would still take the field right now, but I would not feel comfortable playing against that group. I I, I still like Marquette. I think KU is good. Right. I think there's. I think they're other teams
0: can win the title but Illinois is, is kind of an interesting team. I mean they're, you know, they're out there kind of lurking in the in the mid-teens in, in the strength metrics but they've already shown they be you know Bku KU in an exhibition game and you know, I think I think they're capable. That's a capable team. Obviously Duke might might get it together but man, talk, you know, like you look at like following a legend and you got um Uh, you know, the the Villanova situation, Neptune, and then you got Shire, uh, at, at Duke. I mean, those, both of those coaches are off to kind of rough starts.
1: Yeah. John Shire is really, really trying to open the checkbook up or I guess his NIL fund is opening the checkbook up, but I don't like the way that team fits. I got to watch him at the champions classic in person. Uh, I don't think Duke is that good this season. Uh, Kyle Foplowski will be a unique challenge for Baylor. But teams have really forced uh, Mark Mitchell, their uh, sort of big man, sort of wing player, I uh, went to high school in Kansas City for a little bit before that, uh, he can't shoot. And if Baylor can force him to shoot threes, they're going to be in a great spot. Yeah, yeah, no doubt.
0: It's going to be fun. Good good uh, three-game stretch here. And, uh, Kendall, I really appreciate you taking time to do this. You've been listening to a Sickum 365 podcast with Ashley Hodge, Kendall Galt, Sickham Bears.